go. Welcome to Part of the Story, Red Deer Public Library's official podcast. I'm Sage Black. And I'm Claire Brown. And today we are talking about 2019 highlights. Library highlights, our highlights, all the highlights. All the highlights. Book highlights, movie highlights, what we liked this year. We wanted to get into library highlights, so different things we had going on this year, things you might have heard of, things you maybe wanted to hear of. But yeah, didn't things have maybe chance. you missed. So one of our big initiatives this year was the RDPL Book Bike, which we started up in conjunction with the 2019 Summer Reading Club. So this year uh, we went out and about into the world and community with a book bike and trailer, and it was awesome. It was so cute. Yeah, it was really cute. It's so cute. They have uh, like the metal cutouts that say RDPL and little shelves that fold out and... Yeah, so they're able to take basically a little collection out and about, do story times, have people borrow even. Um, it's a little electric bike, so you get some help uh, pedaling <laughs> up a, those It's hills. heavy. Yeah, it's, it's like extremely heavy. Books. It is very heavy, but it's oh so cute. So we were super excited to welcome that this year for sure. Uh, sort of a personal highlight slash library highlight is definitely Famoso Trivia. I host it um, at Famoso Pizzeria <laughs> here in Red Deer, and it is fantastic. We actually had two rounds this year, one in the spring and one just a few weeks ago. Um, I guess a couple weeks ago now. Um, So that's always great. We had a repeat winner this year. Yes. So we'll see what we are doing moving forward. I think we're going to have another one in March. It'll probably be pop culture trivia only. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, but I'm I'm still sort of ruminating on that for sure. Um, and then, so, if you guys listened to our first podcast, we talked Which about the Red Deer Reads. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we talked about Red Deer Reads coming back into action because we did take a year off. And I think the feedback was really good for this year. I think people liked yeah. the way that we changed it a little bit, didn't give them as many titles to choose from, so you didn't feel pressure to read, like, six books in a month, and then... And I think the format really worked well to have uh, Dr. James Miscalic here Mm -hmm. in the branch. Um, People seemed to be really keen to have a more intimate setting with him for conversation. Um, So it sounds like that all went really well. So I think we're looking forward to doing more Reggie Reads in the future. I don't know if it's an annual thing. I've not heard. So stay tuned. We'll update (laughs) you in a future pod. But yeah, so it's been really good, I think. And then also this year, just at the end of this year, uh, we have a new teen services assistant, and his name is Simon Gorman. The best. And he is great. Literally the best. And he came to the department with a great idea of 100 books before graduation, sort of taking off from our 1,000 books before kindergarten initiative that we've had for many years now. So we are encouraging high school and college students to read 100 books before they graduate from whatever program that they are in. So we've just launched that at the end of October. Mm -hmm. So we're just seeing some things. So definitely join it if you haven't already. Talk to your kids, talk to your college student, and they can join at any branch. And it'll be fun. You get little prizes on the way, and you get a quote-unquote big prize. (laughs) at the end if you do your 100 so it's pretty fun yeah and when you and simon went to the different high schools like you were pretty well received we were like it was great to partner with the high schools and be invited into their spaces into their library spaces and uh we've had some great feedback from the different librarians um in in the schools so we're looking forward to what 2020 can you imagine will bring so it's super yeah it's super exciting we're really into it And then obviously, for both of us, one of the biggest library highlights (laughs) is this podcast. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's really exciting. So we're on our, if we're counting the trailer, 
which I think we'll we should. We'll count the trailer. Yeah. So this is our fourth one, but it's our 2019 initiative. Well, 2019 and beyond, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so For that's, as long as they'll let us do it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So please listen and love us. And chat to us and share it. Um, so yeah, so Sage and I started planning this in September. Yeah, something like that. And uh, we have been plugging along at it, and it's been super fun and a great part of our working lives, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to have, you know, future guests and... Yeah, we have a few interesting things sort of coming down the way. But uh, this is definitely one of our biggest work highlights, both for the library and personally, I would say. Yeah, so it's very, very exciting. Um, And then some sort of, we've had some personal highlights in our careers here at the library, uh, milestones that we've hit and and other opportunities that we've received. Yeah, so uh, for me, since I'm in member services, I was an LA1, and now I'm an LA2, for anyone who doesn't know, it's in the library assistant two now, so. Um, so for LA2, it allows us to kind of have a bit more reference and help more people than just being re- uh, restricted to our desk at the front. So. Yeah, so it's being out and about and, and helping patrons with whatever concerns yeah. they may have moving forward. And for me, um, I got my new position at the library after these many years. Um, so I am the Young Adult Services Coordinator, and I've only been that for about three months now. Um, so that was a sort of personal professional highlight for me this year yeah. I'm really excited Long to be time coming yeah I'm really excited to be in the department um, so it's in the teen services department I'm based out of the mez here at the downtown branch and it's been really great we've had lots of different opportunities and uh, management and everything has been super supportive so it's been really really mm-hmm. nice actually yeah I mean we wouldn't be doing this if <laughs> if you didn't get it so that's very true <laughs> so it all is working out for us in the end so it's very 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 exciting So we thought something interesting that we could share with our listeners were some of the most borrowed items here at Red Deer Public Library, either across the branches, all-time titles, fiction, non-fiction, and then also DVDs. So Sage will take us away with fiction. So first up, um, most checked out book of 2019 was Kingdom of the Blind. Which I had to look up. Yeah. Because I I was like, I've never heard of that title. (laughs) And it's Louise Penny's newest title. Which as soon as I heard Louise Penny, I was like, okay, this makes Makes sense. sense. But when I saw the title, I was like, I've never heard of it. Like half the year, it's already the most. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so there's that one. For the DAW specifically, Tattooist of Auschwitz. Um, Which was a great read. I haven't, it's on my list. Yeah. It's on my list. But we have to list it. It was fantastic. I've I've heard a lot of people say really good things. So they did enjoy that one. And then at the downtown past tense by lee child which was another one where i saw the title i was like i don't know who that is when you see lee child you're like oh okay uh timberlands was tied for three different books three-way tie at timberlands daisy jones and the six uh normal people and the tattooist of auschwitz again i've only heard of two of three of those i've never heard of normal Normal people People? no interesting (laughs) have to look into it yeah. Um, and if you guys want to play along at home, I'm sure it won't be much of a surprise that James Patterson was the most checked out author at all three branches. Yeah. So <laughs> he's kind of, you know, when you have that many books, it's not hard to be. No, he's extremely prolific. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I wonder how many years he's been first place. I'm sure it's been Too many, many, <laughs> Too many, many years. But it's great that people, I guess, love his books. Yeah, we over, over 13,000 checkouts for his books. 13,000 or 1,300? 1, or 1,300, sorry. <laughs> Man, I, I like, don't 13, know how to read. <laughs> wow, 13,000. 
That seems like a lot. No, thirteen hundred, which is still not bad. I really liked in when we were reading the report that the two (laughs) most borrowed subjects are murder and man woman relationships. Which like So if one doesn't go to plan, yeah. There's a backup. backup. So that was interesting, I thought. But it sort of goes with you know, people being in love with true crime, with all those, like, CSI-type shows. Yeah. So, like obviously, the, that's bleeding into fiction. Yeah, and what was that Netflix documentary, The Making a Murderer? Oh, yeah. That one was super popular, too, so. Extremely. So, it's bleeding everywhere. True crime, true crime. Or fictional crime, as the case may be. <laughs> it's all good. So, in our non-fiction arena, our all-time most borrowed title this year, in 2019, was Educated, um, which is a memoir. I've heard lots of things about it, but again, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge nonfiction reader, Mm-mm. so I've not engaged with it personally. Um, our Dodd title was Becoming by Michelle Obama, which didn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah. That was very popular here. Lots of holds, so that's pretty good. Downtown led the charge for Educated as their most uh, borrowed nonfiction title. And then Timberlands was also educated, so... It's interesting. Very. You'd think, I don't know, I guess because people are always putting holds on them, so they're going wherever, but it is interesting that they're all common. Yeah. And I also thought that, like, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, Tara Westover, she has had a great year Mm -hmm. in terms of people reading her (laughs) book and talking about her book, but Michelle Obama's book was huge. Huge. It was very international. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, although it did come out, I think, a year ago. It might have been 2018, November. I think so. End of 2018. Yeah. So maybe that sort of skewed a little bit for, you know, what was popular and what wasn't. Um, many nonfiction readers or pop culture enthusiasts, actually, might recognize Brene Brown's name. She um, mm-hmm. has a Netflix special, actually. It's good. Funny. It was very good, <laughs> funny enough. Um, so she was our most borrowed uh, nonfiction writer. Uh, this year, which doesn't surprise me. She has quite a few um, books. And then she's followed closely by Michelle Obama and Tara Westover. So I wasn't necessarily surprised there. And also, a lot of us are apparently planning different travels or living vicariously. (laughs) Um, The Lonely Planet uh, collection Mm. goes out a lot from the downtown branch. So that's interesting. I hope people are traveling. I hope so. And it is kind of nice to have, like, a physical book, even if, you know, they don't take it with them. Oh, for sure. But just not everyone wants to get their information online. No, and it's nice to see something sometimes. And those Lonely Planet books, they're put together in a really great way. So easy. So user-friendly. No, totally. So if you are planning a trip, Lonely Planet, you got the recommendation here. So the most borrowed subject in nonfiction was not true crime, which kind of surprised me a little bit. And it also wasn't uh, cooking. Like I so thought that's cook- what I would have thought. Yeah, I thought cookbooks would definitely be up there. But nope, it was self-actualization and uh, like psychology. So that's yeah. quite interesting. I was surprised by that. And right, right on its tail is cookbooks. Yeah. So at least we weren't too far off there. Um, so yeah, that was super fun. And last but not least, we have the most borrowed DVDs of the year. Hot commodities. Any any bets on what they might be? We'll give you a little minute to play at home. (laughs) Our number one, ooh, it's a tie for number one. Two most borrowed titles, DVDs, in the library in 2019 were Crazy Rich Asians and Bohemian Rhapsody. Two very different, extremely (laughs) different movies, 
One is, like, Bohemian Rhapsody is about Freddie Mercury, for those of you who are not familiar, and it's a sort of fictionalized, true-to-life telling, I mm-hmm. guess, about his life. And then Crazy Rich Asians is an adaptation of the book series, which I loved. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised to see them tied. I only saw Crazy Rich Asians. I have the book at home, still need to read it. But I thought it was cute. I thought it was like a cute, no, good, it was so good. good movie. But I just I assumed that Bohemian Rhapsody would smoke it. I thought it would be like an, a Marvel, a Marvel oh, movie. Oh, that's a good point too. <laughs> Although maybe next year because Endgame we might not have it on DVD. Yet. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, so Daw, their most borrowed DVD was Crazy Rich Asians. Downtown's most borrowed DVD though was Venom. Oh. Interestingly enough. So that's a bit of a surprise because on all time, it doesn't even rate uh, in the top three. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Which was like, it was okay. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Yeah, it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it there. Yeah. And then Timberlands was Bohemian Rhapsody. So that's how it all breaks down. Very cool. Yeah, super fun. So Sage and I thought year end. Let's look back on what did we enjoy this year? Because we assume our listeners <laughs> care about what we enjoyed this You're year gonna as care. well. Yeah. I mean, probably. So we thought, what were we basically reading, watching, listening to throughout the year that we would highlight as something that you could, should, hopefully check out? So Sage is going to start us off with a couple of book picks, I think. Oh boy. Okay. So... Trying to figure out which books I actually read this year made me realize that I need to start keeping track because I could not remember anything other than like two months ago. <laughs> so I have like two here. So uh, Lily and the Octopus by Stephen Rowley, I really did enjoy. And um, I've heard a lot about that one, but it's cute. It's really know. sad. I cried a decent amount because <laughs> I love dogs. And whenever like a dog is sick or like on the verge of dying, it's yeah. pretty sad. Um, but it's just about a guy who has a little dash hound named Lily and she has a tumor in her brain and uh-huh. he starts to see it as an octopus. Like so a living as a coping thing. mechanism. Exactly. That's like squeezing the life out of his dog who's Aww. been with them for like over 12 years. So... Not going to give away the ending, but yeah, but it's also a good there read. were tissues. There were tissues. And I don't know, it just shows like the unconditional love between like a human and a non-human, yeah. right? Like an animal. So I don't know. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and then I'm Still Alive by Kate Alice Marshall, which is a YA read. Which I haven't heard of and I feel some type of way about it's that. It's good. Um, <laughs> it was interesting. It jumps back and forth between like past and present, oh, but they I like call it that do that. before and after. So this girl, this teenager, her mom dies. She has to go live with her estranged father who lives like out in the boonies in Canada. Um, Is it a Canadian author? I don't actually know. I'll have to look that up. I bet you it probably is. (laughs) Probably. So she has to go live with him. Uh, They live off the land. And then it cuts to like before she's learning all these like survival techniques to after where her dad's dead. Her, their cabin burned down, and now she's having to use those techniques. So her to dad survive dies her after. Yes, her mom. when she's out there living, gets murdered. What's with you and all your tragedy? I don't know. That one wasn't so sad. That, like I, I'd cry a dog being killed over than like a person in a book being killed. But that's just oh, me. Oh lord. But yeah, it's interesting, and it's like a survivalist kind of wilderness, and also revenge. Ooh, a book. revenge plot. Yeah, because then she wants to go after the people who killed her dad. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. It, it was very good. I do enjoy dark. the before and after. Yeah. Kind of how they parallel learning the techniques and then having to use them. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it was good. Definitely different. 
Yeah. <laughs> you surprised me with your reading. <laughs> I gotta read everything. Yeah. Whatever Depends. in the moment. Yeah. And then I'll go through phases attention. where I don't read for a while, and then I'll pick up a book, finish it in a day, if yeah. it's good. Yeah. And then... I know. I, sometimes I feel like books find you when you need them. You can pick up a book and be like, ugh. Yeah. This is not grabbing it's me. It's a drag to have to get through Yeah. It. And yeah. then suddenly, you know, three months later, you'll pick it up because you'll be like, maybe you bought it. That's probably me. <laughs> um, and then you pick it up again because you feel a little bit guilty having purchased yep. it and not read it. And then it's perfect. And yep. you wonder why it didn't grab you however many months ago. Exactly. <clears throat> so interestingly enough for me... A couple of my highlights this year were nonfiction reads, which I am mm. not, yeah, generally speaking, not no. a nonfiction reader. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm very like romance and I'm very YA with romance, hopefully. Um, but yeah, two of my top reads this year, and I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the others, were Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow, uh, which sort of tells uh, the followed about the Me Too movement and, and Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer and like you know all that stuff that's happening it reads like a spy novel which i said because uh, it was what i was reading last month and it's crazy Did and you now say that it, one was non-fiction it is oh okay yeah but it reads it reads like fiction because you can't believe that it's real yeah and then also he's recently started a podcast uh, of the same name catch and kill where you can listen to him in conversation with the people who he quotes in his book mm, or or okay. his sources. So I, I think some of them are coming forward like with names for the first time in the yeah. podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I haven't listened to any of those yet. I think they only have one episode out currently, but it definitely piques my interest. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely on my list of things to listen to. And then also, I have gotten into audiobooks this year. Um, part of my evening routine <laughs> is to listen to nonfiction because... Puts you to sleep. Exactly. It kind <laughs> of... Well, it puts you to sleep, but it also... Like, fiction, I always am like, what's next, what's next, what's next? Mm -hmm. But if you listen to something that maybe you know sort of the general thing about it, um, you can sort of, you know, relax and not be like, oh, what's in the next chapter, what's in the next chapter exactly. kind of It's thing. just background noise. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, one of my highlights for audiobooks this year was Midnight in Chernobyl after watching the HBO series mm. Chernobyl, which was excellent. So if you haven't watched that, check it out. It's kind of strange because everyone has an English accent. <laughs> like, they're all <laughs> Russians and they say comrade, but they have English accents. <laughs> so that might throw some people off. But generally, excellent. Uh, but very graphic, so I will let you know yeah, that some of those episodes. Yeah, some of those episodes are very graphic. Um, so Midnight in Chernobyl is by Adam Higginbotham, and it's so in depth and so sort of minute by minute of like what happened and how regular people were affected, yeah. um, like in real ways, and just the like basically the fallout of. Yeah, the, the mess of it, and sort of how the government um, tried to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. things just things just went very poorly there for sure. So it was just it was really interesting, and I probably wouldn't have come to it had I not watched. It wouldn't Chernobyl. be something you picked up in. Yeah, room. like I would have saw it, and, you know, and I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, like that's interesting. Moving on, because I feel like growing up, you always hear about Chernobyl. Chernobyl, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I already know all there is to know. Yeah, people use it sort of as a punchline, like yeah. this could be another Chernobyl, and yeah, so it's awful. No, it's <laughs> it's so awful, but people talk about it in such a flippant way that yeah. you don't realize it was bad. It was extremely it was bad, and people can't live there now. Yeah. 
And now it's like a tourist destination. I read an article on CNN about people are going like Instagram. They're called like the dark tourists or whatever. Yes. There's a documentary on Netflix about that where he goes and does all this weird stuff that people enjoy doing, even though it's like kind of wrong or like just dangerous. No, it's super bizarre. Yeah, people like that kind of stuff. Well, and there was some kind of lake. It's somewhere with a fallout that it's like so blue because it's basically radioactive. Oh, they were going like taking pictures. Yes, on <laughs> Instagram. Beach. And it was basically like, don't get in the water. Like, because come to Alberta. We have those yeah, naturally. Exactly. They're beautiful and they're surrounded by mountains and you are unlikely to also be made Have radioactive from it. Off. Yeah. yeah. So, like, let's not <laughs> do that. Um, a couple of highlights in the YA space for me this year. I was super late to the party, but I read The Book Thief this year. Okay. And so, I don't know how old that book is. It must be a decade I think I at read least. read it when I was, like, in grade five. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very old. Um, and I always sort of stayed away from World War II mm-hmm. anything. Um, my grandparents are from... Uh, Germany and Poland so they lived they literally lived through World War II and they would talk about stories and yeah. and how the horrific it all was so I always stayed away from fiction because it seemed too, too real yeah too real too close, too close. To and so the book thief a friend of mine he kept saying you know the book thief the book thief and I was like ah, <laughs> it seems like I shouldn't read it and the girl in it Lisa uh, would have been a very similar age to my Oma at that time. So immediately, I'm picturing, like, basically <laughs> oh, my baby yeah. Oma. And it was it was everything you think it's going to be. Yeah. It was beautifully written. Uh, Death as the narrator is strangely comforting. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. And haunting mm-hmm. at the end, for sure. And, yeah, get those tissues for that one as well. So... <laughs> I guess we all have very happy highlights this year. I don't know what's going on. Um, And then a couple of uh, other ones I liked were Julie Berry is one of my favorite YA authors. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, She has a book called All the Truths That's In Me. Okay. Which is in second person present. So, yeah, (laughs) reading it, you're like, this is strange. Because you think it should say, like, he went to the market or whatever. But it's like he goes and it's very, oh, it's very present. Yeah, no, your brain at first is like, this is wrong. Yeah. This is not how books are written. That's different though. No, totally. It's interesting. So it took me forever to get into that one. And this was a few years ago. And so she had a new book this year, also in the World War II space. <laughs> yeah, I know. So immediately I'm like, uh, World War II, but also <laughs> I love Julie Berry. <laughs> so I read it um, and it's called The Lovely War. And it flashes back between World War One and World War Two, And it has Greek gods in it. Okay. Which seems like it shouldn't work. But it does. It does. Okay. And it's, first of all, the cover is beautiful, which like... I know. Like, you can't just choose books by their cover. But let's be honest. Oh. You do. No. Everyone does. It's so beautiful. And the narrative is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would 100% recommend that. And for any younger readers out there, um, a middle grade novel that came out this year, so middle grade would basically be your, you know, five to nine, grades five to nine, uh, was The Wish Tree by Catherine Applegate. I read it at the beginning of the year, and it is a beautiful story 
about a young immigrant girl who's trying to sort of fit into her neighborhood and in her neighborhood there's a tree that everyone calls the wish tree and she befriends this tree and the entire book is written by the perspective of the tree how the tree is in the neighborhood how the tree befriends this little girl the squirrels in the tree all that kind of stuff it was beautiful again cried I guess we're only recommending books that cry. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> that's self-care. It's just like crying to a book sometimes, yeah. you know? So I would definitely recommend that for all ages, but yeah. uh, you can start even at grade five or younger if you're if you're reading to someone younger. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a beautiful story. And she's mm-hmm. the same author of The One and Only Ivan. Okay. So if you're not familiar with this one, other people might be familiar with The One and Only Ivan. Cool. So we've droned on about our books <laughs> quite a few what minutes. We've, what we've cried about. So hopefully you're in a crying mood for the new year and beyond. So we've had some watching highlights, as we do. Everyone's into Netflix and streaming yeah. and movies and all that, all that great stuff. stuff. So what have you been watching oh this year? Okay, so every Wednesday, my mom and I, when it's on, we'll watch uh, The Great British Baking Show because oh. you can stream it off CBC. Like the weirdest way, but at least you can watch it. And it is just like the highlight of my week. When you the can't be sad on. watching that. It is so good. Yeah. It's a competition show, but like no one gets angry. There's <laughs> no like swearing and yelling like there is in like, I don't know, every other competition yep, baking show. Basically. And everyone is just so nice. And so now I have ambitions to, you know, make a crock on bouche. <laughs> because why was Shoe you? pastry now. Yeah. So, so you'll yeah. be on the Great Canadian Bake Off? Or what is well, the, the Great yeah. British Baking Show. And then when that one's not on, they do have the Canadian one. Which Dan Libby hosted he for the first the one. First season, then he didn't come back. I know, that hurt, broke we my heart We watched the bit. second one, and the two new hosts are pretty good. Yeah. Um, Are they Dan Levy, though? No, they're not. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, well. And so, yeah, the Canadian one is good. British one, you know, it's it's stole my heart. It's epic. So, it is. <laughs> um, what else do we have here? I don't watch a lot of movies at home. Like, if Are I, you a theater goer or just not a movie watcher? I'll go to a theater every once in a while if it's something I want to see. But, yeah, I just, I'm not super into watching movies at home, like, alone unless I'm with someone else. Okay. So, the only movie that I went to see in theaters, like, recently was Rocket Man. Oh, and I haven't seen um, that. It was really good. Was it? I did enjoy it. Um, the actor, Taron Ed- Edgerton, Edgerton, I don't know. From he, Kingsman. Yes, from yeah. Kingsman. I do enjoy him. Yeah. And he did all of his own singing. Oh, like for, the, for those, the movie. For those who don't know, at home, Rocket Man is Elton based on John. Elton John. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he did all his own singing. Um, and it was really good. I just liked the way they told the story. It was very fast and not didn't drag on the sad parts. And just, okay. yeah, I don't know. It was and really enjoyable. They use his music like a movie musical would versus like yes. state, like concert exactly. kind of film, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it kind of like moves through his life through the music. So even though the song he didn't write it for that aspect of his life like it it works it parallels in nicely. In the movies yeah oh, okay nice um i feel like i get a lot of my media from youtube okay as well um i do enjoy netflix you know i have disney plus now so ooh, i'm gonna <laughs> ooh, go watch disney that plus. when i get home um <laughs> but the bon appetit is a magazine yes they have their youtube channel do they really it is one of the best things i have ever seen ever I love it. Really? So they have all their um, like food editors and like actual cooks who okay. make the recipes for the magazine, and they just have all such different personalities, and they all just blend together so well. So the one Claire Saffitz, she her like her name is perfect. Her name is perfect. <laughs> She's perfect, yeah. and she does um, like a, a show where it's gourmet makes. 
So she's okay. a pastry chef. So she'll make gourmet Twinkies, gourmet M&Ms, gourmet oh, Skittles. So it's like foods that you know. Yes, okay. but her like trials and tribulations of, of how like, she trying to, to figure out how to make this oh. recipe is hilarious. And she tries to do it in three days. There's what a three day curse. What an interesting space for Bon Appetit to go into. It is. And they have, I don't know, five million, seven million subscribers. Like oh, a wow. lot. Within this last year, they've gained a lot. But it, they're so deserving of it. I don't know. It's just so good. The content so is good. like apex. Yeah. And, and then there's a guy named Brad Leone, and he's all about fermentation. So he, and he's just, I don't know. If any of you have ever seen it, you know Brad. Brad's <laughs> just a character. And. Yeah, he's just the best. I don't know. And he does, like, It's Alive and talks about fermentation and, like, left How an egg yolk in a bag for a year and a half. I just don't to know. see what would happen, Just basically. to see what would happen. Oh. So good. So I do really enjoy that. And they have, YouTube, like, videos all the time, like, recipes coming out. Not always crazy stuff, but just, yeah. Like, helpful to their customer base, basically, exactly. too. Exactly, yeah. What an interesting space for them to be in. It is, yeah. And somehow it works really that. well. Yeah. Oh, I love so that. So they, I think they made a really good switch, you know, New from media. being just a publication, yeah. Which, like, sadly, magazines, I think they're on the way out. They are, but yeah. For them so to I think it's a smart move. Space, yeah. Um, I'll quickly go over my last few. Um, within like the last year and a half, um, I n- was never really an anime fan. Okay. Um, just I come never, in and out with it. Yeah, I never really had the opportunity to watch. I, there's so much that you don't know don't where to know. start. And then yeah. there's always in the back of your mind, like, oh, it's kind of like you grew up thinking, like, oh, it's. I don't it's know, a, like nerdy, or yeah. like it's for a certain type of pre- people. Yeah. But Naruto, six hundred episodes, six hundred episodes. If you skip like Holy the ones smokes. that you know, the storyline doesn't really follow. But yeah. I finished that this summer or last summer. How do you watch them? Um, they have all of them up until the last like maybe a hundred episodes on Netflix. Luckily, oh, do they? dubbed, so that it's in English, so you don't have to read subtitles. And then there's websites where you can stream like the last like few. Crunchyroll in those. Exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah. So finish that one. It took us over a year and a half to watch it because my boyfriend well, introduced me. I would have never watched it on my episodes. own. <laughs> yeah. And to have someone who knew what yeah. it was about, who could explain all the stuff I didn't understand to me, was perfect. That's true. Um, new anime that I started watching was My Hero Academia. Okay. Um, if you ever have the chance, it's really good. I've seen it. Like the library has some of those DVDs. We now do. Yeah. As well. And so I did see it the other day. Actually, you had mentioned it maybe on our last I think so, because the, the fourth season is just And then out. as soon as you hear something, obviously, that's when you start noticing it, out yeah. in the world. So yeah, I have noticed it but as of late. It's just so good, too. Um, basically, in MHA, My Hero Academia, um, like years ago, people were just started started being born with like weird quirks, they called them, almost like superpowers. Oh, okay. Um, and then superheroes became like a new job for people to have. So there's this school oh. that kind of trains the next generation of heroes. Oh. And the main character is born quirkless, so he doesn't oh. have a quirk. Um, and then he meets his idol, who, I won't give it away, but can, you know, has the ability to give another person his quirk. And this quirkless kid's dream was always to go to, like, the school, and then he gets to. So it's his story of, like, going through making all these friends, like, fighting crime, oh. um, and, yeah, like, developing his new abilities. So, I would not have guessed that that's what it was no, about and looking No, and you it. wouldn't until yeah. you watch it. And with anime, too, they have such an interesting, like, style of, like, art and music, and it just all works really well together. Yeah. Oh, some of the art is just... Crazy. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all of mine. <laughs> nice. So I have a few films and some TV shows. I will start with 
well, I guess technically they're TV shows, but it's on Netflix. Uh, one of, yeah, one of my highlights this year was absolutely Stranger Things three. Oh yeah, yeah, that that was a good one. An too. overlap for us. Um, I love Stranger Things. I fell in love with Stranger Things and their first season. First season. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's everything about the eighties that probably wasn't true at the time, I but love like in feels true now. They have like the new Coke, yeah, or whatever it was, and everyone's like, ew, yeah, <laughs> it's new Ooh, Coke. Yeah. They knew, they knew then. Um, I I love it. I think mm-hmm. there's a particular magic to those stories that are in that kids space that can be multiple things. Like it's a family drama, but it's also a supernatural drama, and mm-hmm. it's also just a kids growing up yeah. kind of thing. And it can be like creepy at times too. It you're can like, be. Ugh. It has like these horror elements yeah. where it's dark and. It's, yeah, so fantastically done. Yeah, so that's agreed. Can't wait for four. I will watch them until they are no more. <laughs> I, um, I do enjoy how they just release all the episodes at once. Oh, me too. That's the hardest thing about watching anything. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're so spoiled. Oh, we are totally spoiled. <laughs> and when you go back to, like, watching regular TV, it's painful. Yeah. Like, it's legit painful. Um, so I also started watching uh, Pose this year. I really like um, American Horror Story. And okay. it's a Ryan Murphy, I think his name is Brad Chuck uh, show as well and it's about drag balls in the 1980s so I'm a huge RuPaul's Drag Race fan mm. and oftentimes they reference these balls that used to happen in the 80s so this is a scripted show okay um, and it's sort of I haven't uh, heard of it it's so good. It parallels sort of with the documentary that came out in the 80s called Paris is Burning. Okay. And um, it's just all these different types of characters, drag queens, um, queer people, dr- uh, transgendered people, like all of these different people mm-hmm. um, trying to sort of discover who they are. And they do it through this art of drag, of, of posing, of all of the stuff and how they build their own families and communities. Yeah. It's very good. It's drama. So there's like drama things <laughs> happening, but it's just, it's so eighties. The clothes are so eighties. The makeup is so eighties. The music Perfect. is so eighties. You yeah. have a theme. An 80s no. Theme going yeah. On. I don't know. Somehow the eighties are super, super good for me. And then, um, two other shows. It's Silicon Valley's last year. Is it really? Yeah. Which How many are, seasons are they on? Um, this is their sixth. Okay. So their penultimate episode was yesterday, which means I only have one more oh, no. Silicon Valley episode <laughs> left. And so my heart breaks a little bit for that, but it's literally, Silicon Valley is one of my favorite all-time shows. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I've seen it a million times. I can. Everyone re- has... A show like that. I can rewatch it when I'm always in the mood yeah. for Silicon Valley. And I will be very sad when the last episode airs next week. But if you haven't checked it out yet, or if you're waiting on the new season, it's all very good. So get into it. And then another show that I recently started watching was End of the Effing World mm-hmm. on Netflix. And I haven't seen the second season yet. I've only seen the first. See, so. and I came to it late in the party. So <laughs> I started watching the first season, I think, two days before season two released. And Good there's such... Yeah. And they're such short episodes. Mm-hmm. So, like, 20 minutes. So, and I think eight episode seasons? Something first, like that? I think so. So it goes very fast. Yeah. So you can get right in to season, <laughs> season two, two. And it was excellent. It was dark. Are it they was... short seasons, episodes in season yeah. two? Okay. And it's British, which is always my favorite. BBC. <sighs> they're so good at everything. Did you ever watch Skins? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. Like, I'll give my childhood. Oh, I'll give BBC a chance for anything. Yeah. Like, sometimes they sort of drop the ball, like they did with Robin Hood. I don't know if you're familiar. Because Robin Hood was, like, so good, and then it became less good. But, um, yeah, so I loved that one as well. And then some movie highlights. I mean, I can't mention 2019 films without mentioning Avengers Endgame <laughs> because I am that the person. Film of the year. Yeah, I am that person who was there on opening weekend who oh care yeah, who cares immensely about the MCU to probably an unhealthy level, but <laughs> I mean, it's 10 years. It is good. Yeah. I've never like I, I can't deny that it, they are good movies. Yeah. I've just never been the biggest superhero movie fan. <laughs> yeah. So but probably like, they're enjoyable the films. Yeah. Like, you, you'll never leave disappointed. Now, and I cried at Avengers Endgame multiple times. <laughs> in the theater? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, within the first 15. If you've watched it, I guess we shouldn't spoil anything. Although, it's I mean, been, it's out, been for out for a long time. It's been out for months. If you haven't watched if it, If you're an MCU you. fan, yeah, totally, watch it. But right at the beginning, when Captain America and Iron Man are reunited, the tears <laughs> were starting, and I knew it was going to be a long three hours. Um, so that was excellent. And then, personally... I love Keanu Reeves. Oh, like yes, yeah. Everyone calls him the internet's boyfriend. I will share him with the internet. <laughs> Did you see he like, mm-hmm. brought his new girlfriend? Yes, and oh, she's lovely. She's, so she's an artist. I yeah. love everything about him. So John Wick three came out this year. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely there on opening night. Yes, don't even with me. I love the John Wick movies, which people who know me are kind of surprised about because they are ultra violent yes. and very gun <laughs> violency. <laughs> And all that kind of stuff. But, like, John Wick. So good. I've only seen the first one. Sage. I need to see the second <laughs> before I see the third, because yes. I want to see the third. But, yeah, the fight, especially in the first one, like, a lot of fight scenes in movies, there's so many cuts. Like, have or, you ever, like, shaky cam. Have you ever seen yeah. that, that clip of, in whatever Taken movie it was, of Liam Neeson, like, there's 12 cuts of him jumping over the same fence because he couldn't actually jump over the fence in one oh, take. Oh, Hilarious. Yeah. But in John Wick, there's none of that. He's like, no it's camera. all just, it's one camera movement. <laughs> yeah. Super smooth. He, he, like, he really trains for it. And the director of the John Wick movies is actually Keanu Reeves' former stunt double from The Matrix. Oh, wow. So he understands, um, like action and and what it looks like when it's really good um so i love that and two funny sort of coming of age movies for me this year were good boys and book smart i want to see good boys good boys was much funnier than i imagined it would be i just saw it at the carnival okay um three weeks ago i think and laughing in the theater yeah basically i was just with a friend and i think like three other people were in the theater (laughs) We were all laughing. <laughs> That's it's, the best. Oh, yeah. It's dirty. It's like the language is so crude. Everything about it seems wrong, but it is hilarious. They're like the cutest little boys, Oh, they're too. so cute. It's that little boy from Room who's like, yes. and he was in Wonder. Yeah. And like, he's adorable. And then he's like swearing. <laughs> so it's a bit jarring, but it's also somehow adorable. Um, so I really liked that. And Booksmart is uh, Olivia Wilde's di- uh, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember either of the girls' names right now, but they were great. Yeah. So if you're thinking to yourself, should I pick up Booksmart? Definitely. You absolutely should. It's a great coming of age one. And then just recently, I saw Ford versus Ferrari, which. Oh, is that the uh, Fast and Furious spinoff? 
No. Oh, there's one of those. There was. I, that sounds like a title they would have. It kind of does. Uh, so this is with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Okay. And they work for Ford, who they want to get sort of the fastest uh, car against Ferrari. Is and it's a, a movie? Yeah, and it's a thing that happens in the <laughs> 60s. It's just an ad campaign? No, it's like a true story based on what happened in the 60s. And now I can't remember the name of the race. That's terrible. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people at home. <laughs> Uh, but it's a 24-hour race that they have to do. And I was not... I i don't know anything about the car space. Um, so I was not prepared for the emotional end of that movie. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. So like 50 years ago, uh, something sad happened. I have <laughs> not known about it these 50 years. Oh, and it actually happened. Like, yeah. Life? Like oh. this is true life. And... So then I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, this is nice. And then you think something bad is going to happen. And then it doesn't. And you're like, oh, this is nice. And then something bad happens. And you're like, I feel like someone should have prepared me for this. <laughs> uh, but it was excellent. I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of it at awards time. Oh, really? For, yeah. Well, two really good actors. Very, so. yeah. It, and like styled beautifully. I mm. love 60s fashion, 60s watches. <laughs> the cars. Yeah. 60s yeah. glass. Like it's just, yeah, it was, it's a feast for the eyes. Although, if you are in any way not great at traveling, or like IMAX upsets you, you are sometimes in like the driver's seat of oh, like yeah. motion sickness. Yeah. Oh, no. So, like you know, keep that in mind. All. I did not. Okay. Yeah, I did not realize that either. I had to look away from the screen a couple of times. But generally. It was quite good. Oh, imagine being in the theater where they have the seats that move with you, too. Well, and you're just sitting there, like... Oh, I would drive the car. So we were in AVX at the Cineplex, yeah. and I like to sit at the back top row. So we were behind those seats. I had and to do that for The Incredibles, just, too. It was, oh, they were just going. And you never know when they're going to go off. No, so the one time you. the guy in front of me was taking a sip of his drink, and then the chairs just start to move, <laughs> and it's just, like, wobbling all over the place. No, I would not. I would not. It takes away from the movie. I think. I think it does because it's, to me, I don't think I need a movie to be a physical experience. No. Like, it could just be a visual, emotional, intellectual experience. I don't need my chair to be involved with me in that type of way. It's distracting. Yeah. Especially for the people around you. Very much. And sometimes they're loud because they do that, like, weird rumble stuff. Anyways, uh, this is a bit of a digression. But, like, also, let's not have those seats anymore. <laughs> I mean, unless you really love them, then I'll just go to a theater where they don't like, have them. I just think, like, have a theater full With of them. With all of them. Agreed. Because then think, everyone's... Yeah. Because then like you're a, choosing to live that life. Well, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not choosing to live that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of our highlights for 2019, uh, before we go to what we're reading, watching, and listening to, we do want to mention that you can tell us your favorites um, on Twitter if you are there. You can tweet Sage at SBlackRDPL or tweet Claire at WhatCCs or the library at RDPL. And we can chat about some of your highlights for 2019 or what are you looking forward to for 2020? So many great things coming up. Let us know. So, Sage will let us go. What are we reading, watching, and listening to? No pressure. I'm listening to the Zane and Heath Unfiltered podcast. Okay. They used to be Viners. They do YouTube there. Vine doesn't exist anymore, though, right? Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's been long. Like, it's been a a long time. Devastating, too. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm still reading the same book as last time. I'm embarrassed, I know. Uh, the Swallows by Lisa Lutz, or Lutz? 
Whatever. Yeah, whichever. Lisa Loops. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, Disney Plus is now a thing. Disney so Plus. I was watching The Dog Whisperer with Caesar Milan. Old school. Brought me back to seven-year-old me just sitting on the couch <laughs> eating popcorn. So That's awesome. Um, I'm currently reading Stephen King's latest, The Institute. I'm not usually an overly great Stephen King reader, um, but it has short chapters, and it sort of is giving me a little bit 80s like kid flick vibes because of the institute anyways i won't get into it i don't want to spoil <laughs> i am watching also disney plus the simpsons though nice. because like all the seasons are there perfect background noise we all know it from like a thousand years ago and i am listening to sherlock holmes uh the complete works read to me by the one and only stephen fry mm. so that's my current listen and nice. it's like I think it's like 65 hours oh worth of audiobook. So I'll probably be listening to that for the next three years. In the car, in the shower, yeah. when you're cooking. All this, all Sherlock, all the time. Nice. It would be fantastic. So we hope that you had a great 2019. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to seeing you in 2020. So, Sounds weird. I know, it does 2020. 2020, <laughs> new decade, new roaring 20s perhaps. Let's hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully it's all good. Um, So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all the great things to everyone out there. And uh, bye, bye guys. guys. We did it so 